This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do I have, like, terrible anxiety where it's like I'm nervous 24-7. So going on this show, knowing that like I did that and pushed through that with everything that I had in my life, I impressed myself. Like I shocked myself. It was like the second day. That's when he started throwing up and we were like, okay, this is normal. Baby spit up all the time. Then we also we went to the doctor. He said, just go get it checked, you know, as just see if there's something wrong. No, the hospital, and we never left. Let's take a breath. (sighs) Hey guys, I'm Cindy Ludwako, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. So happy that you are here, whatever day that you're listening. If you're new, welcome to Something to Share. We love to share stories from my life, my guests, people that are inspiring, people that have really interesting backstories or just people that I find super interesting. And I'm excited that you are here sharing this journey with us because it's all about sharing here. Um, Today we have Krista DeBono on this podcast. She is actually a contestant from The Amazing Race, which I used to watch The Amazing Race a lot when it first came out. My parents and I, that was the one of the shows that we watched every week. And I forgot how good it was. So to prepare for this episode, I binge watched Krista's season and I just forgot how good that show is. And from seeing it now through a new lens of reality TV and being on reality TV since watching the show, I have a newer appreciation for even just the filming of that show. Because if you think about it, they're running from country to country and they have to film it all as well as get the audio. And so she let us know this in the episode, but there's a cameraman and an audio person for each team member that's running around the city in different like crowded areas. So they're basically doing the race alongside of these people, which is kind of amazing to think about because those camera equipment, they're so heavy. And just to think about running through the streets of China with that or wherever they go on these um, adventures is actually amazing. Um, So Chris is awesome. She and I have very similar backgrounds. I wanted to have her on to get a different insight on the reality TV world on a different show. 
And we haven't had anyone from Amazing Race yet, so I'm really excited about this one. She's a fellow dancer. She was a member of the New York Jets. Um, she was a dancer for them for many years, and she was actually dancing alongside the same time I was dancing for the Knicks in New York City. So we, I'm sure, have crossed paths at some point in life before this. And we actually have a lot of mutual friends that dance together on different teams. So it is a very small world, the dance team world. And actually, we get into a lot of that conversation today about how that process works, what it's like to be a Jets cheerleader versus a Knicks dancer, which is very interesting because it's one of those things that doesn't get talked about a lot or is not really allowed to be talked about a lot, that world. And the NFL was in the news a lot, especially in the past few years, about how poorly they treat their cheerleaders and dancers. And that was a big topic of controversy for a while now. I asked her some questions about that and what her experience was like on the team and whether she felt that dynamic within the Jets as well. So it's kind of interesting. Krista is a recent mother. She has a really incredible story about giving birth to her son during the pandemic. They had some complications and ended up having to spend the first part of his life in the NICU, which is an insane story. And um, I'll just let her tell it to you. But it's it's one that's super inspiring. And I just found Krista to be very openly vulnerable from the jump of this episode. And I loved that quality about her. She was just so willing to talk about where she was at um, unfiltered and just how she feels about things where she's at currently emotionally and um, how she struggles with different things like anxiety and just things that she's gone through uh, so far in her life that are pretty amazing. And she tells us all about it. So this one's incredible. I'm excited about this episode. I think it's a different one for all of us. And I think that you're going to enjoy it. So uh, share this episode with Maybe someone that loves The Amazing Race, um, a fellow dancer, or just really anyone that you care about because I think Chris is awesome. Besides that, I love if you're new to start off every episode with something to share. And I'm trying to think about what I wanted to share. And I, I always come on here and try and share a piece of advice. But lately, what I've been doing is getting back into Bachelor in Paradise, which is interesting. It's been two years since I was uh, – technically three years since I was filming Bachelor in Paradise because you film it a few months before it airs. And I was reminiscing on that time. And I was actually a little nervous. I don't know why. I was like hesitant to watch Bachelor in Paradise more than I – was hesitant to watch like Bachelor or Bachelorettes because I've been watching those, but I had taken some, I just was not press and play um, on Bachelor in Paradise. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it was just like me being anxious about seeing it or living it, reliving something or just knowing that that chapter of my life is done. It was kind of weird for me to know that I was going to be watching it. I don't know what that's about, but we watched it and all of those fears that are gone because now I'm so invested in this season. I think it's a a mess and that's why we love Paradise. And actually from watching this compared to Bachelor or Bachelorette, I'm liking this so much more. I think there's just so much more going on. And I think I can relate to it more because it's not just all about one person that we're pursuing and like they're the ultimate end all be all. It's not like the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. It's Everyone is out for everyone. Everyone's dating everyone. And I think it's so fascinating to watch and I love it. Um, so I watched last night's and what happened in last night's episode, basically, everyone started blowing up their own relationships. And I find that fascinating. I think my idea and my strategy for wanting to go into paradise was just to stick to one person for the entire time because it gets super complicated when you switch around and jump around. 
And it's funny because the theme of paradise is for everyone just to kind of date around. But I think to be the most successful and to be have the less anxious amount of time there is just to stick to one person, which I think is Joe's strategy, which is has seemed to work for him in the past, even though Kendall had cold feet about leaving paradise with him. Um, it seems to be going very well for him this time, and I'm really happy. And I like him and Serena together. They're both like very quirky and think they're good for each other. I think it's also hilarious that doesn't Joe look like he's on Survivor? Like he doesn't look like he's in Paradise. He's wearing like the bandana, which is what they wear on Survivor. He just looks like he's on a completely different show. And I find that hilarious. You could just tell he's done this before and he he's seen some things. Um, besides that, the other storyline is that many of the contestants, um, I'm speaking of Victoria Paul and Brendan, are rumored to have had relationships going into Paradise. And then the question is brought up, like, do we think producers knew that they would have come onto the show with relationships? And the way that Bachelor works and just reality TV in general with people like Reality Steve kind of spoiling half of the season and digging up information on the contestants, I fully believe that they, if that is the case and they actually had relationships before, I'm sure they knew about it. Um, The internet is very interesting place and you can find out a lot of information, some of it true, some of it not. But I think if they were rumored to have relationships coming onto the show, then I think that producers would definitely be aware of it because they seem to know almost everything. And if they didn't know, people tell them pretty easily because you become really good friends with the producers. So I do believe that is the case that they probably knew. And I, from watching Brendan and watching Victoria P, it seems like they definitely had relationships going onto the show, which is so weird to me. Like thinking if I were to be in a relationship going into paradise or right before, I wouldn't have gone. Like if I'm just thinking of the person on the other end of that relationship not going on the show, like who in their right mind in a relationship would be like, yeah, you should go on the show. Definitely go do that. Definitely go date someone else on TV and leave me here and I'll be here when you get back. Like absolutely not. And it just seems very fame chasing when that is the case. It seems like the only reason then for going on the show within a relationship, if you're not going to find a relationship, it's just to go on there for fame and followers on Instagram, which is just very not genuine. And I don't love that. So we'll see how that unfolds. Victoria P has already left the beach. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but it happened two weeks ago. Um, Paradise is just messy and I'm enjoying watching it and being on the outside of it. It is very, it's a very hard show to film. You are there in very hard conditions. It's super hot. You're up pretty much all night long. So what seems to be happening now is that it's all kind of getting to everyone. The heats, the long hours, the no rules in paradise. And I think that people, for example, like Mari, see other people dating around and are having a different strategy about paradise. And she almost felt like they said the grass is greener. So she wanted to give herself the option to date around, which I don't think was the best move. And I think that's now blowing up in her face. And I hope that she figures it out because again, yeah, the grass is not always greener. Sometimes it's better just to stick with committing to someone and it'll make the experience a lot easier. Nick is now back into watching Bachelor in Paradise. He has been anti The Bachelor, The Bachelorette since basically I moved in. I think I've ruined the show for him somehow. Um, But he is back into it. He's screaming at the TV. It's hilarious to watch. Um, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to record him talking about the show, but he doesn't like to be recorded without me, him knowing. So we'll, I'll work on it. But yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm just enjoying it. I'm here for the ride. And I thought it was going to make me like anxious watching it from being on the show and all of the thoughts that I had beforehand, but watching it, those have gone away and I am just here enjoying it like a true fan. So 
if you're watching it, let me know your thoughts. And that's pretty much all I have for you today. That's not really like a helpful set of advice, but I wanted to keep today lighthearted. Um, today's episode is awesome. I think there's a lot of gems in here and it's just a really casual, but open and insightful conversation with Krista. So if you could, if you enjoyed this episode, if you feel inclined to, I would love a five-star review. It helps me to grow this podcast and continue to get that community that I'm working to build and make sure you like the episode guys before you go so that you get informed of new episodes every single Wednesday. Without further ado, here is Krista. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, it was a crazy day already. Uh, I'm a new mom. So getting on here at two (laughs) o'clock, it's like, insane. Yeah. Is he napping right now or what is the schedule like for you guys? So I try to like adjust his schedule so that he would be napping for like the podcast time. I never know how that's going to go, but yeah. it worked out. So. We may have a special visitor at some point, but <laughs> that's I know. fine. If you, hear, if you hear like a lot of yelling, my nieces and nephews are over too. They didn't tell me. So it's great. Yeah, it's always something. There's always something going on here. Always so. something. I love it. So let's just jump right in because I know there's things happening. Um, so I ask everyone this question and I ask someone, everyone to bring like something from their nightstand, something surprising or something with an interesting backstory. So do you have anything to share with us today? I have like things on my nightstand that I never thought that I would um, here, wait, let me get it. Stay there. Okay. So first of all, I always have coffee on my nightstand. That's like a given. That's stupid, but I always do. But now like looking around, I have like diapers, I have formula, and mm. I had, this was actually kind of like a little backstory. I, um, I'm downstairs in my basement. I'm usually not really down here. And, um, my son had been in the NICU for, I don't know if you like know a little of my story. He mm-hmm. yeah. for two months when he was born. So it was kind of been like the first time I've been down here and like mm. see like seeing everything. And like this was like his little um he had like a, a G tube and it was like a, it was like a feeding tube. And it, it's weird for me to like, like look at it and go through it because I'm still kind of like processing the whole situation yeah. that happened. Just looking at it and knowing that like he got like through it and he, mm-hmm. he got over it. Um, I have like a ton of these, so they, but they look like it's like this. And uh-huh. I'm going to donate them to, I'm in this like NICU mama group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Maybe I should like donate to that instead of like doing something like just give it to the hospital. I feel like I have all this stuff and like resources that he like used. So mm-hmm. like a whole like stack of it are here that I'm looking at. I usually don't. Mm. I don't know. That was a little bit of my backstory. I know that's like intense to start with. Yeah. That has kind of been my life for the past, you know, couple months, which really like I said, my my life just completely turned around. I was mm. around, you know, doing reality events, and now it's like literally different. I watched the video that you had posted on Mother's Day yesterday about your experience, and I did want to talk to you about that a little bit. But yeah, it's crazy one to go from life changes like you've had, and your life will naturally shift, but you don't expect something like 
you went through to happen, something so challenging and scary, especially with a newborn child where they're just like so small and precious and you're excited about it. But then for him to have the complications that he did have, like I can't imagine what you guys must have gone through through that time. And I'm sure like you said, you must still be raw from it just because you're just fully still getting used to the fact that he is better and, you know, probably processing all of the emotions still. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's actually the really, uh, the strange part about everything is when, you know, obviously it was during a pandemic that didn't help. It was my first pregnancy. So I didn't know what to expect. So you like kind of throw all these things together and I just was kind of numb when I was there. It was like, mommy will like just go through the motions, go through the motions, get everything done. But then once I came home, that's when, like once it was completely fine. And even me, like, that's why I took this now. Like even me, like looking at this, like going through my hospital bag, like I couldn't go through my hospital bag until like last week I emptied it. Mm, and well. he got out of the hospital in November. It like hit me a lot later on, whereas like the stuff that's like down here and stuff, like I couldn't even look, like I couldn't look at it. Mm. But I guess when your body's just in like such like fight or flight, you know, yeah. and you're, you're in the hospital, it's just like, go, 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 go. Once I came home, it was like, and it's hitting me right now. And it's, and it still is like little things will kind of like trigger me, but I unpack my hospital bag. So that's just uh, that's huge. Amazing. It is a big deal. I know. But. I know. Cause yeah, you're, you were just trying to be strong, both you and I'm sure your husband at that time, just staying strong for each other and then also for your son. And now that he's like better and back, you're letting yourself probably feel those emotions that were probably always there, but you were just trying to maintain that strength. So I, I truly can't imagine. And I'm sure. That takes a long time to kind of process and to fully mm-hmm. feel like okay and like safe and good. Um, so mm-hmm. that makes total sense to me. That it would take you time to kind of work through that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Well, Come congratulations on, on thank you the new motherhood. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that he is better, and I definitely want to talk a little bit more through that process in a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah I'm just glad great. it ended. <laughs> Happily. Yeah. He's yes. so cute too. Thank you. So cute. Um, before we jump into the rest of the interview, anything besides that, or maybe even on that topic that's kind of been on your heart or mind lately that you've been thinking about or kind of going through? It's kind of um funny that you reached out to me. So I like feel like everything like happens for a reason and there's always like a sign or something like that. And mm-hmm. I've always done everything in my life kind of with a partner. I know like you dance too. So mm-hmm. I've always had a teammate. I always was, you know, on a team. I went on the amazing race with Tiffany and then I mm-hmm. it started doing a podcast with Natalie. And it was like always in my heart to kind of do a, a podcast on my own. Mm-hmm. I guess I felt like I needed someone else with me. And yeah. I like realization, like trying to do it on your own, like you're strong enough, you're good, you can do it. And like now I'm trying like in the process to like do my own podcast, like you, like I, yeah, like you're such an inspiration right now because that's exactly oh. what I'm trying to do. But um, I guess I just didn't believe that I could like, kind of do it on my own. I always needed like wingman kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like the dance industry in me where it was always like a team. You always have someone mm-hmm. like growing up. I never liked doing solos for like dance. Yeah. Same. So that's kind of been like what I'm working on like right now. 
um, getting all of that together. I, you know, I taught myself how to do everything when I did it with Nat, but I just decided mm-hmm. it's better if I like go on my own, face my fear, do it. And if it, if it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, I, yeah. I try, you know, so. I can relate to that full Full heartedly because actually this is my third iteration of a podcast and the first two that I had was with a partner. So the okay, first one, yeah. So not, this has taken me a while to get this to this the same exact place that I'm at right now. So I completely understand what you're going through and the mental back and forth of it because it's like, yeah, can I stand alone on what I have? Can I run a show by myself? Am I worthy enough? Like all of those things kind of run through your head as you're like trying to go through this process. And you're still being called to do it. Like, you know, you want to share something. You know that you have something to share. The title of the podcast, you know that you have like something that you're um, wanting to share with the world. But then it's like the fear of like, well, what if no one listens? What if I'm not good enough? That will hold you back. And I, that fear held me back for a long time. And I, because of that, I was in partnerships with people. The second one was a friend, but the first one, I didn't know her very well at all. And it ended up not being a good relationship. It just really wasn't, it wasn't toxic, but it just really wasn't, we weren't on the same page. You just didn't gel. Yeah, we didn't gel and we had to end that relationship. And then the second one, she just wasn't, her heart wasn't in it. So it just, I had the clashing constantly. And then the decision Mm -hmm. came when like the second one fell through. I was like, oh, but I want to still keep doing this. But it's like everyone's telling me kind of not to do it in a way with all of these things kind of falling off. But I think looking back on it, it was just me needing to go out on my own and um, just like take the chance. And I'm not saying like I'm an overnight success whatsoever. Um, I'm still working through it. And But it's like I'm much happier now because I'm at least like I can put out the work that I wanted to and it's me and it's mm-hmm. what I wanted to like represent. And I'm sure that you can relate to that. Yeah. And that that's, you know, that's so inspiring to hear. And like I said, just like looking at your journey and listening to that. And when, you know, I was looking at everything in your social media, because it's, it's one thing when you're with someone, you kind of, if it, if it doesn't, I felt like if it doesn't go as well, then I could be like, Oh, you know, we both, yeah. but when it's on you, then, yeah. and then it's you, like I take, you know, the criticism really hard. And it's, yeah. it's like, do people want to listen to me for an hour? You know, what, what should I do? So I'm going to, you know, get over the fear. Like I said, the first, the first one, me and Natalie did it, my friend, Natalie Negrati, and it's just, she, she's very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really wanted it. Yeah. And, um, it just, it just wasn't working like time-wise and everything. Yeah. I'm like, let me, let me just go for it. So you're, you're going to be my. <laughs> Yay. I love that. Yeah. I think you should. I mean, you never know like what, what do you have to lose? And I, yeah, I love it. It's like therapy for me. And I even listened to the episode with Natalie that you recorded and I thought you were great. So I think like absolutely do it. You have like all these stories to share of like your son and your new mother and like, like you have so much to offer. And I think, I think you should just do it. (laughs) Well, I am. Yes. If I needed any more encouragement, you gave it to me. Amazing. If you need help with like (laughs) any of the editing stuff and like any questions you have on that, just let me know. Yeah. Happy yeah. To so do you, learning curve. do you, I have a question for you. Do you edit everything like on your own? And yes. Yeah, so I do 
edit everything. I'm also a little bit of a control freak from my dancer me. life. <laughs> um, so I edit everything. It is a long process, but I think when you care about it and when you're like passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work necessarily. But once you get the hang of it, it's a lot easier once you start editing and stuff. So it's just a matter of learning. when I did it with Nat, I taught, I'm the same exact way. So obviously I'm the dancer. I taught myself, you know, how to edit, how to do everything. And it's like, felt like I had to take everything into my own hands, which can be like over too, but it's like, I need like that routine, yeah. you know, the five. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're on the same. Exact page on all of that, so. um, I actually wanted to talk about to your dance life because I'm interested to hear like how you dance for the jets, right? Yes. And I danced for the, for the Knicks, which is also in New York. So I'm sure we'd probably know similar people. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm trying to think I went on the Knicks like right before I went in Bachelor. So I think it was like 2015, 2017-ish around that time period. Like it was, I did it for two and a half seasons almost. Okay. What was that process auditioning-wise? Because I, I'm just fascinated by this. And I just know from the week that I had, every time I had to re-audition, it was very extensive. Like just the rules of it. Like what was your process <laughs> like um, for the judge? So that's funny you say that. So you guys have to re-audition as well. Yeah, a lot of we people, have to re-audition every single Right, year. and a lot of people don't know that. They think like, oh, you're on the team. So you go, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's no. the way you get cut if they don't want you on the team anymore. So it's even more, I think it's even more nerve-wracking going on you know, as a vet. But, I, you know, I danced my whole life. I danced in Staten Island. And I kind of just on a whim, like, saw the flyer. And I was like, I cheerleaded too. And I was like, you know, maybe this is something that this is that sounds cool. Like, I'll... I'll try and I'll see where it goes. And then, you know, I started making it like round by round. And so what they have is the first round, I'll go into like a little bit of detail. The first round, they literally just like play music for you and you have to freestyle, which is like the most awkward thing ever. The horror, it's just horrible. So like nobody likes to like freestyle. Friends. I don't care. I just, and you don't know what song is going to come on. No. I'm doing like leaps. I, you know, I don't know. So the first part, so then they do cuts from there. Then it's the semifinals. The semis is when you learn the choreography. So you learn the choreography and they put you in groups and you have to uh, make it through that round. Then you make it to interviews. So you go to like the Jets facility and like food and you sit down with the director and she asks you, you know, a lot of questions. Like she was asking questions, like things that were in the news, like things that were like, you have to be like an intelligent woman, you know what's going on. Like a lot of people just like, oh, they're just dancers, you know, but yeah. it was actually like, like, I felt like it was an interview for a job, which it was. And then after that is when you do your solo. So now these girls out, all out. I mean, props, like life-size Barbie doll props coming out. It's oh wild. God. So you do a solo and that's the last round. And then you do the choreography again. To make the team oh wow. and like a kick line and everything so yeah but the solo thing so it's it sometimes taken to like a whole other level that's incredible i didn't realize you had to do solos and yeah you don't realize how much goes into it but i i guess the thinking behind it is that you're representing the brand you're representing the jets so they need to make sure that you can be doing that in all regards but it's just so 
funny to me that they just the extent of it all and just like how much goes into that is crazy. And then the solos, I'm just like, but you're you're dancing in a team. Why do you need a solo? Like, why the pro? I <laughs> it's just I don't know. I guess it's to see if maybe you have a little something that they missed. Maybe mm-hmm. there's maybe yeah. you're not so good um, picking up choreo, which is a huge part of obviously. That's mm-hmm. everything. But maybe there's something in you that in your personality or your dancing that's like, oh, I will see that during that group routine. But she's she's had something in her. She's good. Um, yeah, sense. people do like tap. They do, um, and we're strictly just you know we don't do that. We just do regular. Yeah. They do tap. They do ballet. They do gym. So it, it, it's it's pretty interesting. I don't know. You knew we were doing ballet to get on the chat. <laughs> Whatever yeah, works. Whatever works. Yeah, because there's that show, the DCC show that people love. It's basically that similar yes. process, but that one's like a week long, okay. isn't it? So my coach was on Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. So at entire audition is modeled based on theirs. So what you uh, what you see is exactly our oh my similar. god because it's exactly the same exact process as theirs. Yeah. That's so grueling. Um, Amazing. Well, you made it. Yeah. So clearly very, very talented. Um, how many years did you do the Jets? So I did it for four years. I My third year is when I started to kind of like, oh, this is getting a lot. But the fourth year, they had the Super Bowl at MetLife where we cheated. Mm. I was like, I can't. What a way to retire. I can't the Super yeah. Bowl. So I, yeah, I, yeah, I made sure I, I did that. And I went off with a bang. I'm like, you can't get any better than that Super Bowl dance in there. So you did it right. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> I had to do it like that. So, wow. Cause there's been a lot of obviously controversy around all of these teams. And, um, I'm always curious on like how the dynamic was for like, you guys. Cause I think ours, like people ask me that question a lot, like, Oh, were, are they like caddy? Do they make you do weigh-ins all this stuff? And I was like, no, they were actually, they treated us very well. And I just think we were lucky and all that. But like, how was your dynamic? Funny, um, on the funny because my coach was actually Nick city dancer as well. So she kind of had the NFL and the NBA, mm-hmm. which, which was an interesting mix. It was, Definitely. I, I wish I could like find one word to like describe it, but um, it was different. It, um, most people ask me, honestly, the question I get the most is about the pay. I don't know if you do. Constantly, yeah. that's all people want to know. It's like, because yeah. that's been in the media so much just about the pay and everything like that. But at that time, I, I was like the last thing in my mind. Like you could have told me about a temperature yeah. rehearsals and I would have went and, and did it anyway. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of rehearsing. We did have weigh-ins. Um, don't don't quote me, but I don't think they do them anymore because mm-hmm. of all of the controversy. Yeah, and it was hard because we we would have weigh-ins on Thursdays, and we also would we would run on Thursdays. We'd be at the facility. So, you know, you would have people not, they were nervous that went in, so they're not kind of themselves and stuff like that. So it was just, yeah, when I was on the team, I think it was very different than it is now from what I hear. Um, I know some teams I hear, you know, crazy stories, yeah. but um, as far as like cattiness and stuff like that, it was nothing abnormal, you know, it was yeah. normal stuff. Like who's going to get captain, who's going to, but never to the extreme, um, which is surprising. This is a big group of girls, but um, yeah, like yeah. I mean, so many of my 
my lifelong friends from there. So it sounded like you have the perfect retirement like <laughs> story. Um, how was the shift then from you after the show? Did you did you retire and then did you go straight on to the Amazing mm-hmm. Race? Like, what was that time frame for you as far as like when you went on the show? It was so weird. I remember on the way home from a rehearsal when I it was my last year, I was like, I'm going to go on the Amazing Race. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, I just put it out there. I know. I always said that for some reason I was like, I'm going to go on that show. I'm going to go on that show. And so I had retired. I think that year. It might have been the same year or a year later. And um, I was in the process of applying for the show and a casting director had uh, Facebook messaged me. And I was like, this, this is like so not real. This is fake. You know, it's like a scam. Of course, that's what yeah. you think. And he ends up like, winds up being the legit casting director for the show. Uh, they were like, you know, we would like someone on your team. They wanted two cheerleaders. They told they told me to send in like a couple people. Then uh-huh. I just sent in one person. I just sent in Tiffany because I was like, I can't do it yeah. with anyone else. So it's either her or that's it. I love that story. Yeah. And were you a fan of the show before auditioning for it, or have you just kind of seen it once or twice? Yeah. No, I was a fan of the show, and that's why I said I always I always want to do it. I and I kind of feel like I like will get out there. I put it out there. I love reality TV. I love Big Brother. I'm like a huge Big Brother fan. I love Reese. Oh my God. By the way, not to get off track, but I am obsessed with Nine Day Fiance. Oh my God. Okay. And like I saw your story about Darcy, so we like have to get into that. Please. So I am oh like a God. reality super fan. I only, I don't do all of them, but I do specific ones. And lately, TLC has just been giving me oh, everything I need. Killing it. 90 Day Fiance and Darcy and Stacey. Like my, even my boyfriend's into it. And my fiance. Had put it on to record. Yeah, we put it on to record. And then we realized that it was back. And we're like, oh my God, Darcy and Stacey mm-hmm. is back. Like we must watch now. Yeah. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. In my they're, they're me. They're like TV gold. And I they convinced me to buy that Discovery Plus app. You know that they. Oh, do it. I, I got it just so I don't have to watch the commercials. That's how much. It's like three ninety nine a month, and you don't have to watch commercials. And it's every TLC show you ever wanted, like every ninety day fiance season. So we'll just go back and watch other ones. Like we just watched the one with um, Colty and and Larissa. Larissa. Colty and Larissa and the mom. The mom. Uh, Yeah, it's it's just astonishing. I love trying to like explain the show to people that don't watch it. I'm like, you just you just give it just give it a couple episodes. I'm telling you, it's gold. Like it's so good. I think with that one, which I'm enjoying because I feel like most of the reality TV shows that I've been watching now have gone to like not a scripted, but it's just been, it feels very controlled. Like for example, The Bachelor, I've been on it, but it's now feeling like very not scripted, but it just feels like it's not nuanced where this is just real life shit, like real yeah. ridiculous Yeah, scenarios. because even you hear you things about like Big Brother too, like you said about The Bachelor and stuff like that, that they be swayed mm-hmm. a certain way. But literally, this is just, there's no oh. way there. There's no way there's scripts in this stuff. No, did you feel like that when you were up. on The Bachelor? Like, was it very, like, did they tell you kind of what to do? Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't ever scripted, but you just 
felt like it was very, they were very much in control of what was happening. Not that they like scripted any of it. It's just like you, they are always aware. There's just like so many people around. There's so many moving parts that they are, are very in control of what's happening as far as like, for example, I did Paradise as far as like when someone's brought onto the beach and when things are happening, they're like, just maybe stay up. You never know what could happen. And you're like, well, um, I want to go to bed. But just like little nothing. things like that, that you'll be like, well, clearly something's about to happen now and I'm, my day is going to be ruined. So yeah. yeah, so it's things like that, but it's it's definitely not a script. It's just they're very good at like their jobs and editing is makes it a whole other element of they're good planners. how they get their storyline out. <laughs> Did you like always think that you were going to go on or like what was your story? No, I was actually dancing for the Knicks at the time when I went to a casting and one of my friends had found out about it and she told me and my other actually it was my coach at the time. Um, we went together and we both made it like past the few rounds and like made it towards obviously the end process. And like neither of us expected anything from it. We kind of went as like a funny thing. Yeah, to like do. let's just go. Kind of joke. <laughs> yeah. And then they pushed us all the way through and we're like, oh God. I my story was a little unique where I had to I couldn't do the team and go on the show because they were happening kind of during the same time, but also they, the team had a problem with me going on a reality television show while representing the team, which makes sense with your story of like um, that interview process. Oh, yeah, it would have been the same like, thing. Extensive it is. Mm-hmm. Like they're just very, yeah. So they didn't, they, they trusted me in what I was doing, but all of the higher ups weren't into it so much. So I kind of had to decide between the two, which was unfortunate. But luckily I wasn't sent home night one, so that worked so out. So how... How far did you make like on your season? So like ours goes by like legs, like you make a certain amount of leg. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there for both times a month, which for me, I was like final 10. I think it was like week six out of like nine or eight or something. Um, I made it pretty far, but I didn't really have a connection either of the times as far as with the people that were there. So it wasn't a love story for me, (laughs) but I mean, I had a good time. So yeah, everyone just doesn't want to be the first person out. Like even on the, you said, just being that first person to go home first is just, I think everybody's worst nightmare on any show that you go on. It's like, please just don't let me. Yeah. Just let me get through night one. Yeah. I know because you, you build up so much to go on these shows and you get so excited and you finally make the process and then to get sent home like the first week or the first leg for mm-hmm. Amazing Race would be devastating. So you made it past that. And you guys made it past many weeks. You made it to week six, didn't you? We made it. No, we made it to the end. We made the end, yeah. It was like right before the final three. Yeah. So we made it to final four and um, there were certain seasons where they actually did like a finale was four people. So we were like, oh, if that wasn't it. But I feel like everything happens for a reason because I watched that finale and I was like, oh my God, I would have been. <laughs> yes. I'm fascinated by this show. So can you just walk me through like the process of more like the behind the scenes? Because you you see the competitions, mm-hmm. you see like, the challenges you guys go through, which are super intense. But like, what is the behind all of that? Oh like, are you in a hotel one night and then you wake up? Like, what is that like? I think that is the most interesting part of 
I wish they would do like, it would be cool if they did put this out there, like a documentary of like the behind the scenes, because what goes on is just, they are, the production is just top notch. The From the cameraman to the crew, the director, the host, it's always everything, something going. So you actually, when you're traveling, you have an audio guy with you and you have a, um, a cameraman. You have to stay within like, I think it's like 10 feet of your partner or something like that, because otherwise they can't get you both on camera. So there's just, just these like certain rules that you have to follow that you would never know ever just by the mm-hmm. show. Like I never knew any of these things. Also, like another rule is when you book a flight, you have to be able to get four seats on the plane. Oh, you gosh. have to get um, two for your teammates. And then there has to be one for the audio guy, one for the camera guy. So if there's three, you're you're out of luck. You have to get the mm. different plane. The rules are so like complicated. It's like, even if they're in first class, like we can't sit in first class, but they can. And yeah, there's a lot. And the camera guy is running with that equipment in the heat and with us and just they are like rock stars. Like it's it's unbelievable. Everything is just so planned to the T too by the producer, Bertram, who's the producer um, of where we're going next. Everything's set up but when you get to the next country. It's just, it, it's incredible. It's it really how they pull it off. I mean, just like, like you said, like watching it behind the scenes. And I also had the chance to, um, when you uh, arrive at the mat in another country, they have like a, a greeter. It's like mm-hmm. someone from the country. So I actually got to do uh, Amazing Race Israel and I was the greeter for the Amazing Race Israel, like they came to New York. So it was so amazing, like to see the Amazing Race done in like another country, like they came here. Wow. So I was like on the other side of it, I was actually on production and I was like, well, this is like really cool, I'm on production for this. They had a yeah. little taste of that, which was, which was awesome to see how they like put everything together with the host and everything. I love that side of it because being a part of it, I think that's the most interesting part too, where it's just like, wow, you guys do a lot just to make this show happen. And like the amount of people that are like, you don't even realize. And especially I saw a clip from watching a little bit of your season yesterday. And then there's like two cameramen like bolting with you. And those cameras are so heavy. They're not like, so the amount of in shape you have to be to run across country. And like hundred degree weather. And like you, you were saying also a big part of it is the traveling. So what you see on TV is the airplane goes from here to here and it's like, shoot, and that's all. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize that that's days of us, you know, sleeping in the, in the airport, trying to, you know, you know, find somewhere to stay. So every, uh, they'll even a hotel, I would say like every couple days, you'll get a hotel for like a few hours. But other than that, you're really like, kind of saying in the airport. So it's so easy to see the plane go across like, you know, on TV, but those are yeah. days and days that you're, that you're traveling. And then it's 12 hours on the plane, but it looks so like, up, oh, you're there. Oh, so God. yeah, it, it's, it's, so yes, really, really different. I was impressed by you and your teammates ability to have like full, almost full hair and makeup, at least <laughs> hair, if nothing else. Like I, I very much appreciated, like I saw a half up situation because you always have looks, but did you have time to do that or you just like kept it for a few days? Like People how did that work? People were very surprised that we were 
that we would wake up. Listen, we were still on national TV. We there was one point I'll never forget. We were we had to sleep on a boat, and we had to sleep on a boat in uh, Rotterdam, and there was no lights, nothing. We had a flashlight. We woke up and we had like these little compact mirrors, and we're just trying. I guess it was just like the cheerleader still in us. Yeah. Now, if I were to do it again, no, no chance. There's no chance. There's no chance I was doing that. But I guess it was like almost our first time on TV, and we had such like that um cheerleading mindset of always being like ready to go on exactly on towards the end you could see it like slow (laughs) like the last episode I just totally like gave up I had like lashes on but it's super impressive (laughs) I was like props that because that's like a whole other uh, time allotment that you're making we made time done so you gotta make it (laughs) Amazing. What was the most challenging part of doing the amazing race for you two? Honestly, all of the, your adrenaline is so high. So all of the other things like the jumping off the cliffs and the swimming and what with alligators, walking blind. That for me, that wasn't it. It was being away from my family, not um, being able to talk to them or no, at the time I didn't have a baby, but I had a dog and I was like, oh my God, like, is he okay? Like I just, yeah. they don't tell you anything. You have no contact. So it actually wasn't, you know, the challenges. It was, I'm a big family person. So that was the longest I'd ever, ever been away or not even spoken to my family. So it, that that was definitely the hardest thing for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you at the last challenge where your teammate was like, just do it for your family because I think that you guys both use that as motivation yeah. throughout, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because that money, you know, that's a life-changing million. Mm-hmm. That, that's life-changing. So how long were you there for the amazing race? Cause I know in TV time, it seems like, Oh, it's a week. It's this, but it ends up being like three days, depending on what show it is. Like what was your time frame for that show? So I think we did 10 countries in 21 days, maybe Wow, something like that. The whole process itself, you know, because you have to go in, you have to, um, you I don't know if you guys do this, but you have to stay in the hotel for a week before. And, yeah, we do. Ugh, all of that. Interviews, interviews and, yeah. and all of that. that. That's like the most draining part of everything. So I think we mm-hmm. have weeks, but just staying in the hotel for that week before, it, it could drive, it drives you crazy. Were you guys together during that week? Because we were by ourselves. Yes. <laughs> that's why I always feel for you guys that, you know, like, Learn yeah. supper, you guys that do it on your own because I was like losing my mind. I just luckily I had a partner, so I always think like, how do people do this by themselves? Yeah, it's that's that's rough. Do they like like watch yeah. TV or you could watch TV? Um, and then randomly producers would come by and like say hi and get to know you. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you're just sitting there, yeah, crazy. I would do like yeah. I got to the point where I was doing ballet bar in my room because I was so bored. So. Yeah, we were like stretching too. We yeah, were stretching. we were doing. I were like, oh my god, we're gonna get fat. We worked yeah. out all the time for this yeah. show, and now we're in sitting here for a week. <laughs> like, ordering room service whenever. Yeah. Ordering room service. <laughs> You're so bored. Yeah, I remember it very well. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, what would you say like the biggest takeaway from that experience was for you? I didn't know how fearless I was, or how how much I really had that in me. I always, I talk about it a lot that I, I suffer from anxiety and depression. So I have like terrible anxiety where it's like, I'm nervous 24 seven. So going on this show, I mean, I was like, how am I going to be able to, to do this? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to 
that's it. Knowing that like I did that and pushed through that with everything that I had in my life, I'm impressed myself. Like I shocked myself because I really thought that, am I going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to jump through. 365 feet from a bridge? But your body is just so, your adrenaline is just so, in, so intense that you don't, you don't even think, you know, just wow. not thinking. Yeah. Did that help you then for like, say after the show, if things are hard, like you went through that experience with your son, did you lean on that strength that you knew that you were able to build from on the show or does it like affect you now in any way? Yeah. Like, of course, I think that every, you know, situation in your life, um, when you have something that kind of toughens you up, even with cheerleading and dance that growing up like that toughened me up. So I think, you know, of course, like doing these things on the show, like I said, walking with lions, things like that. It's, it really kind of like an ego booster for yourself where it makes you feel like, okay, I can do this. I do this mm-hmm. before I could do this now. So yeah, definitely. I love that. Before we finish up, I do want to talk through a little bit kind of your experience with your son because you opened up with it on social media, like I said, on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And just it was an insane story. So can you just kind of walk me through like what happened while he was diagnosed with that process? Yeah. So I had like the perfect pregnancy. I had no complications. It was everything went mm-hmm. um, to like the doctor. It was, I mean, it was hard. It was a pandemic. So I had to go through everything alone, which was hard because my first yeah. pregnancy and uh, my fi- my fiance couldn't be with me because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So that was, that was hard. Other than that, it was, everything was fine. Everything's great. Nothing, no complication anything. We actually, I had, I had him, I had baby, everything was fine. And then we went home from the hospital and then it was like the second day. That's when he started throwing up and we were like, okay, is this normal? Baby spit up all the time. Then we, mm-hmm. so then we went to the doctor. He was like, just go get a checked, you know, as just see if there's something wrong, you know, the hospital and we never left. Oh, I was just, you know, in my clothes. I had no charger, my phone. I was by myself because like I said, my fiance couldn't come in. I know it, oh, yeah. it just was because of like the pandemic added onto it. Uh, it was, it, it was insanity. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, like, how did that happen? So we were in Staten Island. We kept getting uh, different diagnosis or like diagnosis from the hospital where we were in Staten Island. I was like, we have to get out of here. I was like, I have this like motherly like instinct where it was like, this this doesn't seem right. They want to operate on him when he was like six pounds. Mm -hmm. No. So we found um, a children's hospital in Philadelphia uh, that specializes in these type of things. And they Mm -hmm. diagnosed him with a hiatal hernia. So basically like his stomach was kind of like pushing up through his esophagus. Mm -hmm. And um, it it happens. It's it's not it, it's rare, but it does happen. But he uh, had to have surgery for it. There was no other way to fix it. Mm-hmm. So you know, the first thing I'm just thinking is, oh my god, this is going to affect the rest of his life. You know, that's what came to mm-hmm. my head. It's like this is going to be the rest of his life. We're going to have to have something, and and I have to accept that. And mm-hmm. um, luckily, you know, he had the surgery. He had to be a certain amount of weight. So we had to wait in the hospital, which was rough. I was kind of just like waiting it out and he couldn't eat. And 
seeing him there, you know, on the IV and not eating and just waiting for him to grow. That was, that was the hardest part, you know, just kind of like just that, that downtime. Mm-hmm. Thank God he had the surgery, he had a great surgeon. Um, everything went smoothly. They, they went in um, laparoscopically. So do it mm-hmm. through um, like, like an actual like robot they will throw it now. So that incision wow. or anything which is wild because you can't even see where it was. Mm. Um, and then after that, the hard the hard part, like I said, was coming home because we had the feeding tube, which was just kind of used to like um, basically like burp him, mm-hmm. open and stuff. So the that that was like hard coming home, like I said, and dealing with all of that because we're new parents. We, yeah. We're already like, oh my gosh, like what, what do we do? <laughs> like we have a baby too mm-hmm. and then all that on top of it, but we, we got through it and, you know, it made us stronger. I mean, me mm-hmm. things so much, like now, if he gets a bump on his head, I'm like, tough it up. Like he's oh, pretty tough now. <laughs> he's, he's tough. So it definitely, um, I feel like, I feel like not only did it change us, but it kind of like changed him where mm-hmm. I see him as like, he's, he's still really little, but he's, he's independent. Like when we go to the doctor, he's like, oh, I'm any, I've done that. Like I'll get my sh- so um hoping to have um another when I have another child there'll be no pandemic and everything will go smoothly and uh it'll it'll be a little different but yeah it was a an eye-opener and I go out to like all the mothers that are I was told you I was in this NICU mother group and I just it opened my eyes to this whole other world and you know that babies are, you know, in, in hospital for, for months, months, months. Ugh. And so we were lucky where, you know, it felt, it felt like forever, but it was uh, luckily only a couple months. So thank, thank God. God, thank God. Everything's good now. He's doing wonderful. And how old is he hard. now or how many months old? is So he? he is like nine and a half months. Wow. And he spent like most of that in the hospital. I'm so sure. he's, it, you know what stunk was the only thing was it when he was born it was around the holidays so like his queen mm-hmm. was in the hospital his first thanksgiving was in the hospital mm-hmm. so we said we're going to do all those over like a times two like we're going to do yeah like another do birthday another uh halloween like a real one and then thanksgiving yeah. but he was home for christmas and that was our goal i was like just please let him be home for Christmas. So he was. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And just such a, I lo- again, love that it was a happy ending, but you just don't think about it until you go through something like that, or you know someone that goes through something like that, like how hard that is and how many people go through crazy things. And right. yeah, she's got to be thankful for health and, you know, the good things that you Yes. Have that yes. That you know, definitely you know. taught me to be so thankful for for even little things now you know um do you have to do anything post that like treatment wise or he's just is like a good functioning so, baby now? um when he did have the little tube that's that what i showed you before at the g-tube yeah. and at first they said you know he could have it only in for six weeks and it wound up he had it in for like seven months so he just recently got it out oh so wow now i feel like that was like the closure that was it. Like he got, he had it out. It's, it's healed up the stuff I'm going to donate. And I feel like now it's like, now everything is kind of mm-hmm. being like, it was weird. Like, the, you know, like the wound healing closing up was like our closure, like me unpacking yeah. my, like 
was me unpacking, you know, all of this, you know, craziness that we went through. So it's like right now in my life is actually the time where everything is kind of settling when this was in October. Because mm-hmm. I hit you later on things. Like because he's had that closure now, now you can start to get to the point of closure. It's like almost you had to do it for him and then yeah. do it sec- secondarily for mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, that's incredible. I guess last few questions I have, um, I kind of just ask everyone. So I just want to do that to wrap it up. But like I said, I'm just so happy to hear that um, he's better and that you guys are Thank doing Thank you. Good. Yes, we're so happy. <laughs> um, last few questions I ask everyone. First being, um, what, Krista, do you want to be remembered by? You've been on, spent all this time on TV. You're a mother now. Like, What do you uh, hope to be remembered by? You know, I feel like we kind of, when I say we, me and Tiffany, we we came on the show as those underdogs where, um, you know, I'm sure you've gotten your life, you're you're a beautiful girl and it's always, oh, she's probably this, she's probably that. And all the fans in the beginning were like, oh, da, 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 uh, making judgment. And I just hope that like we put out there that like you really shouldn't judge a book by its cover and, you know, that well, I am I'm an educated girl. And just because I look a certain way, it doesn't take away from who I really am. And I guess, I don't know, I felt like we were really uh, like underdogs and I've always felt like a kind of underdog in my life. So it was nice to kind of um, push through and hopefully, you know, that will stick out and people will remember that. Uh, Yeah, I, I completely relate to that. Yeah, just like not being counted out because you proved that. Yeah, it's like um, they're just, you know, they're just they're yeah. dancers, they're cheerleaders. Yeah. They'll be up first. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> a lot more than that. Yeah. Two more questions. The last time you maybe overshared something that you wish you didn't or could take back. Oh my God. I feel see, this is a thing with like this is a thing with my anxiety. I sometimes like I it's I, there's like this meme. I don't know, it's a gift. It's like I'm I overshare at any given moment. I don't know if you're it it's I can be so introverted but I could be so extroverted too where it's like I'll just I'll say anything I started to open up about my journey with uh sobriety so I don't more I gave up alcohol so I'm three years sober congratulations thank you um and sometimes like I question if I if I do like overshare too much about that or overshare about you know my anxiety too much? Am I oversharing about me not drinking anymore? Should that stuff be personal? Then at the same time, it's like, no, because I want someone else to be able to do mm-hmm. and to maybe talk about those things that are uncomfortable. So I guess me oversharing is a good thing because when I go silent, yeah. talking about this, like people are going to think this way about me and, you know, but I got to get that out of my head. So yeah, it happens. I'm a talker. So I'm looking to do it. Yeah. I think in your case, then the oversharing is definitely good because it is, it does help people. And I've noticed that too. If I like open up about things, I'm like, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's that yeah, like, like do vulnerability. That? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But I think it's, if it's helping someone, then it automatically makes it, um, matter. Yeah. So yeah. Um, last question is any last piece of advice that you could share with us? It could be like what color makeup to wear by, or it could be like something very, um, enlightening. So any last piece of advice? Um, this is so cliche, so cliche. And I hate 
that's like my go-to phrase is that everything happens for a reason. I'm like the biggest believer that everything like happens for a reason, everything, like whatever we went through, like sometimes I wonder like in my life, like, why did I go through that? Like, why, why, why me? Like, why did I have to deal with him in the hospital? Well, maybe because it prepared me for something else when he's older and he falls and gets hurt and something, you know, something happens down the line because I'm such an anxious person. And maybe I look through that test to, in order to, you know, something later on in my life. So that's like my biggest thing. Sometimes we don't know what it is, but I just think that everything happens for a reason, whether it's good or bad. Sometimes you're like, why? But we don't know. But so it only, yeah, exactly. It only (laughs) makes sense in the end, right? Um, Yeah. I love that. So thank you for leaving us on that note. Um, Krista, where can everyone find you, your podcast, um, your social media, all of that stuff? So um, my Instagram is at Krista underscore Kimberly. And my Facebook is Krista DeBono, just my regular name. And my podcast I am working on now. So I'm hoping hoping to um, launch that within like the next month. So perfect. Yeah, it'll be on my social media. So. Love and it. then I'll have to have you on. We'll <laughs> yes, I'm, we'll do this again. I'm dying to like ask you questions. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Just let me know and I'll, I will come yes, right on. Yes, we'll have to yes. <laughs> Perfect. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime this podcast obviously send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on instagram and i'll see you next wednesday